I'm Alex Rodriguez. And I'm Jason Kelly. From Bloomberg, this is The Deal. Each week, you're here in conversation with business icons. This show will explore deal-making across sports, media, and entertainment. That is a harsh lesson in business. Sports is not as simple as bringing a bunch of big names together. I didn't want to do another stomp you out speech. It opened up so many more doors. The show is called The The Deal. Deal. Listen to The Deal. Listen to The Deal on Spotify. With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. This is Matt Neely, and you're listening to the Titans Film Room Podcast. Welcome in to the Titans Film Radio Podcast. The Titans beat the Chargers 23-20 to at home, and we are going to talk about it. We've got Ryan Tannehill's performance, Mike Vrabel's coaching performance, the performance of the offense, the performance of Jeffrey Simmons, and the defense to talk about, and all that plus more coming your way as soon as we start this show, which is happening right this second. I was the coach, I would have let them score because we can go down there and score. We need some time on the clock. So that's what I was thinking, but I'm not the coach. (laughs) Wow. That's way too much. That is way too much credit. That no, they should not be applauding that much for that shit. We won. Yeah, Titans barely. Win. Yeah. We almost <laughs> snatched defeat from the jaws of victory. Cause I holy crap! Wow, wow. If you missed it, the Tennessee Titans beat the Los Angeles Chargers at Nissan Stadium today, twenty-three to twenty. It was a pretty good game. I mean, it was pretty back and forth. The Titans held a 10-point lead at one point, and the Chargers came back and cut it to three, and that was all they ever did. Should I go quickly through the rundown of the game? Yes, please. Chargers started with the ball. They drove nine plays down to the Tennessee 31-yard line, and on fourth and two, they go for it. And incomplete, Kevin Byard makes a diving pass breakup to end the drive. Titans take over on downs, and Ryan Tannehill proceeds to hit Jonu Smith on a pretty nice strike downfield on the very first play of the game. And they take it all the way down to the Chargers' 27-yard line. And on third and five, Ryan Tannehill fails to complete a pass to A.J. Brown. It was tight. It was contested. It might have been a little bit of contact, but I don't think it was enough to call a penalty. And the Titans kick a field goal. Cody Parkey, his first attempt as a Titan, 45 yards, is up and good. The Chargers come back down and answer with a field goal of their own to make it 3-3. to and then the Titans are forced to punt quickly um, after a, a seven-play, three-minute, 47-second drive. The Chargers get it back and take it. 94 yards, seven minutes off the clock, pretty much nothing the Titans can do. Consistently, the Chargers convert on third down over and over again. And finally, on third and goal from the one-yard line, 
They run a little play-action pass. Melvin Gordon leaks out into the flat. No defender on the team even notices that he's there, and uh, Rivers has an easy touchdown pass to take a 10-3 lead, but not so fast. The Titans would answer on an 86-yard drive in three minutes that was mostly a two-minute offense drive. Ryan Tannehill orchestrated a pretty nice little series here and brought the Titans all the way down and threw an eight-yard touchdown pass to Corey Davis to even up the score at 10-10. In the second half, the Titans started with ball and had to punt quickly, but then they forced a very nice three and out that included Jeffrey Simmons' first career sack of his entire life. Is that right? Yes, that is right. And Jeffrey Simmons, wow, we're going to talk about him. He was pretty great. On the next possession, though, however, sadly, after a couple of nice Derrick Henry runs, Ryan Tannehill drops back to pass. Jonu Smith is matched up one-on-one with with Nuosu, right, who hits Ryan Tannehill's arm, and the pass is intercepted, and the Chargers take over. But after gaining just nine yards, the Chargers will be forced to punt back to Tennessee, and Ryan Tannehill then. Another long drive, this one 85 yards, taking seven minutes off the clock. The Titans go all the way down the field, and Ryan Tannehill finds Tajay Sharp in the back of the end zone, who makes a nice toe-tapping grab to take a lead. Cody Parkey would bang the extra point off the upright and not not go in, so the Titans are up 16-10 to with 13 minutes to play in the game. The Chargers would then drive down after a couple of big plays to Hunter Henry, and kick a field goal the Titans' defense held to make it 16-13. Titans get the ball back with a chance to salt things away, and they drive down the field 75 yards, including a huge 38-yard pass to Corey Davis and some other nice plays, and finally a pitch to Derrick Henry around the left tackle. He takes it around the left end into the end zone to put the Titans up 23-20. Or, sorry, to put the Titans up 23-13. But it didn't take long for the Chargers to answer in just four plays, and a 41-yard pass to Austin Eckler down the right sideline with Wesley Woodyard in man coverage. The Chargers would answer to cut the lead to 23-20. And the Titans had the ball back, starting with uh, just five minutes to play in the game. The Titans could drive down, try to march as much clock, run as much clock off as they can. They get to midfield at the Chargers' 49-yard line and get stuck in a fourth and one. They go for it. Ryan Tannehill, QB sneak. It was questionable whether or not he got it. It looked a lot like he did get it, to be honest, but the spot was that he didn't get it. I don't know that a challenge would have overturned this, so I don't know if there's a lot to complain about here other than the refereeing, which the spot was not great. But the Titans turn it over on downs, give it back to the Chargers with two and a half minutes to play. The Chargers, Phillip Rivers, march all the way down to the Titans' one-yard line. They score two different touchdowns that come off the board, and finally... On second and goal from the one with 19 seconds left, the Titans' defense stands strong. Wesley Woodyard punches the ball out. Jarrell Casey recovers it. And the Titans take a knee at their own 20-yard line to win the game. 23-20. A thriller, a heartbreaker for Chargers fans, a heart beater for Titans fans. And uh, I don't know. What do you think? Ryan Tannehill, 1-0 as the Titans' starting quarterback. I was happy with Tannehill. I was disappointed with the Titans. Agreed. Uh, um, I felt like there were a lot of calls. They, uh, like, I don't know if Vrabel just didn't have a clean pocket or what, but he should have thrown that challenge flag. And uh, I, I don't know if what Mariota had, he gave it to him, but he needs to throw that damn challenge flag because I don't care if he said 
Uh, most of the time, they're not going to overturn that. We really didn't have a good look. Tannehill was on top of that pile. You could see him pushing forward until he got pushed back. I get the argument, like, what do you have to lose? You have three timeouts and you're winning standpoint to not challenge that. Yeah, at the same time, yeah, go ahead. That timeout he wasted to... uh, That was weird. Yeah, (laughs) just get the team back. But at the same time, when you can't see the ball clearly on the replay, they're not going to overturn it. And you got... Variable's got people upstairs who are looking at the replays themselves who are most likely saying, you can't see the ball, there's no point in challenging this, you're just going to lose. So, I mean, I get it. I get, like, you want to try just because maybe they'll overturn it, but honestly, I don't think they were overturning that. So I don't fault Fable for not challenging that. I do fault him for challenging the one that he challenged, even though on first look, he challenged a a Keenan Allen catch on the sideline where it looked like Allen may not have got both feet inbounds. I thought on first watch that Allen did not get both feet in bounds. But when they show the replay, it's pretty clear. That's the same thing. He's got to have people upstairs who are saying, uh, I don't know, his, his second foot clearly got down in this replay. I don't think it's worth challenging. But Vrabel threw the challenge flag there, and he lost that one. So 0 for 1 on challenges that he did throw, 0 for 1 in the hearts of the fans and challenges that he did not throw. <laughs> Mike Vrabel comes out with a win, but you kind of feel like the Titans' defense and Dean Pease and the goal line stand there at the end. I mean, the Chargers walked into the end zone twice, got ruled into the end zone twice, and both were taken off the board. So, I don't know. I feel like Mike Vrabel got a little bailed out by his defense there. What What are your thoughts as we stand now through seven weeks of season two of Mike Vrabel about the Titans head coach and about the potential going forward this season? I'm really iffy on him right now. Um I'm, I mean, I'm willing to give him the rest of the season. I mean, maybe we turn this around with Tannehill now at the helm. But um, I don't know. Like, he's made some really questionable calls. His timeouts and his game management have just been all over the place. Um, I liked the going on it for fourth down. I mean, he got it. I think we got that fourth down, but he just didn't challenge it. And I'm still really upset about that. So it's just I'm really confused with – Vrabel right now. I think the Chargers are a better team than they get credit for. So a 23-20 win, I mean, the the thing is, this was a pretty great offensive performance. And the Chargers did a good job, especially in the first half, of maintaining time of possession and keeping the ball away from the Titans. Like, the Titans only had three offensive possessions in the first half. One of them was a field goal, and one of them was a long touchdown, and the other was a punt. Um, but, I mean, that's a, that's not a bad success rate drive-wise. The thing is, the Chargers just possessed the ball so much that the Titans were only able to get the ball enough times to put up 23 points. I mean, they, they the Titans played pretty well. If, they, if that interception, which was a pretty fluky play where Tannehill's arm gets hit, it wasn't like a bad throw that became an interception, you know? I thought the offense performed pretty well. But to me, it's alarming that the offense can perform at such a high level and only put up 23 points. Like, it seems like the offense played amazing today compared to the rest of the season. But like looking around the league, 23 points is not like a lot of points. So to me, it's a philosophy thing. It's a, it's a coaching staff philosophy mentality that just alarms me and concerns me as a fan of this team going forward for the rest of this season, for the rest of variables tenure as the Titans head coach, are they always just going to be a team that's like trying to grind out these 23 to 20 wins? Because it seems like variable is perfectly content to win this way. And I just don't think that's a sustainable way to play football in 2019. You've got to just be scoring as many points as you can. And the Titans seem like they'd rather 
play defense sometimes than try to score points. Yeah, it's really frustrating, especially with the way – I don't know. That defense was very up and down. One, on one hand, they should have had three interceptions. Um, but on the other hand, they were just giving up big plays to Hunter Henry. I think we really missed Jayon Brown in that whole thing. I definitely agree. Jayon Brown in the middle of the defense was replaced by Woodyard for a lot of the day. David Long got some action, and he actually made a pretty nice tackle for loss, which came on the play following Jeffrey Simmons' first tackle for loss. Jeffrey Simmons, a Titans first-round pick, gets his first game action today. I'm interested to see the snap counts. I couldn't always tell when he was on the field or not, but I could often notice him out there pushing the pocket, making plays. He had a couple tackles for loss, including a sack of Phillip Rivers. Um, what do you think of Jeffrey Simmons? I think he was probably the biggest bright spot from the oh, Titans he, today. He was amazing. He was disruptive. He had tackles, stops behind the line. He had a sack, uh, his first sack, first game. Pretty excited. Very exciting. Um, I'm ready to watch Simmons, um, especially coming off that ACL. You know, I was expecting rust or, you know, temper those expectations, but he did really right. well. So watching him with Casey Landry, that's going to be very interesting going forward. Um, I think this defense looks a lot better once Jayon's back because we I we really missed him this game. Yeah, that sideline to sideline speed, especially with all the with all the zone defense they were playing, and with when they would go man, they were matching up the linebackers on the running backs, and we saw Wesley Woodyard get burned for a long touchdown to Austin Eckler. That, I mean, we've seen Jayon Brown targeted in that kind of coverage and come away with a pass breakup or or, or a big play downfield. So I definitely agree. I think Jayon Brown, when he can get back and healthy, I don't know how much longer he's going to be out. He didn't practice all week last week, so that remains to be seen. Rashawn Evans was briefly injured in this game, but he ended up coming back in and playing most of the second half. But two other Titans that did not return, three other Titans that did not return, Delaney Walker injured his ankle very early on. I'm not even sure if he ever got into the game. I'll have to see the snap counts when that when those come out. Uh, Jack Conklin injured his leg and did not return. He was replaced by Dennis Kelly. And Nate Davis suffered a rib injury and did not return. He was replaced by Jameel Douglas. The Titans were actually down to five a healthy offensive lineman at one point in this game. Um, any concerns about these injuries going forward? Delaney obviously stands out to me. Yeah, it's an ankle. Um, Delaney's always kind of paid with, played with pain, and he's outrageously tough. So if he's not playing, I'm just going to err on the side that it actually hurt. So. Right. Um, I don't know. Like, I, I want to be happy about a win, but, like, Jesus, we almost lost. Like, they were right there. Yeah, it's hard. It's hard to feel good about this win because it feels like the Titans escaped. Like, yeah. All right, let's talk about how Ryan Tannehill played, how the O line played, and and what we think about this Titans team going forward the rest of the season. In just a second, quick break. It's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price. Priceline. I'm Alex Rodriguez. And I'm Jason Kelly. From Bloomberg, this is The Deal. Each week, you'll hear us in conversation with business icons. This show will explore deal-making across sports, media, and entertainment. 
And that is a harsh lesson in business. Sports is and, not as um, simple you know, I, as bringing a bunch of big names together. I didn't want to do another stomp you out speech. It opened so, up so many more doors. The show is called The, the deal. deal. Listen to The Deal. Listen to The Deal on Spotify. Yeah, it felt good. You know, obviously, um, did some good things. You know, we moved the ball, put some points on the board. There's some drives that we were close and we weren't able to, uh, to finish and keep them going. But uh, guys played extremely hard. Uh, you know, from, from the beginning of the game, you know, I had time in the pocket. I had the run game going. Derek was running. So I'm really proud of the way the guys played. Ryan Tannehill, Titans' new QB1, finished this game 23 of 29 for 312 passing yards, which is an average of 10.8 yards per attempt, and two touchdown passes. He had one fumble that Roger Saffold jumped on. Um, is that right? He only had one fumble? I'm looking at this here. It looks like he had two fumbles in the box score. Whatever. Apparently he had two fumbles. He got he also, crushed. He got crushed on one play, just absolutely flattened. And he also threw an interception that we already talked about a little bit. It was not really his fault. Johnny Smith was beat very quickly, and Tannehill tried to throw the ball. The ball got tipped, floats straight up in the air, and the Chargers intercepted it. Tannehill finished with a quarterback rating of 120.1. He did take two sacks. Both of those sacks were, I would say, 100% his fault. He, like, he stood in the pocket for five seconds or longer, maybe, on those two sacks. But overall, Ryan Tannehill... Played well. I don't even really want to compare Tannehill's performance to anything we've seen from Marcus. I think a lot of it is biased or recency bias at the very least. Like Mariota has had his moments this year where he looked okay. Like this wasn't necessarily the best performance from a Titans QB we've seen in quote a long time, like someone said to me on Twitter. And I don't even want to go as far as to say that Mariota in this exact same situation wouldn't have come out on top this game because we've seen Mariota play very well at completely random times in his career. So I'm, the problem with Mario has been consistency more than anything. But all that talk aside, what, the only thing that really matters is Tannehill played well. He played well enough to win. He moved the ball effectively. There was that one fourth down and that one um, interception that were really the Titans' two worst drives. Even the punt drive, they moved it. It was seven plays before they punted. So um, I thought Tannehill played really well today. And I'm pretty encouraged by his performance moving forward. I mean, 312 passing yards in a passing offense that still looks pretty suspect in terms of play design, route distribution, things like that. Um, but Tannehill firing the ball into tight windows on throws that I don't think Mariota would have even attempted. Not that they're necessarily good throws, but throws that Marcus just would pass up because the window's so tight. And that's the thing with these throws. They aren't necessarily good throws. But just giving your receiver a chance... Even if some of these get picked off as the season goes on, like some of these throws into Corey Davis and A.J. Brown today that Tannehill made could have been picked off if the defender made a great play, you know, or if the receiver didn't make a great play. Mm-hmm. But in the long run, those plays are going to be completed for big 20-yard-plus yard gains more often than they're going to be interceptions. And even if you turn it over every once in a while, the defense is good enough to handle a few turnovers. It's worth it for the big plays that come with it. And that, I think, is the biggest difference between the quarterbacking we saw today versus what we've seen previously this season is that Tannehill was really taking some chances. Again, not necessarily all good chances, but you have good receivers out there. Corey Davis, even Jonu Smith made a really nice contested catch. A.J. Brown made a bunch of catches. 
Corey and AJ both had six catches in this game. Davis for 80 yards and a touchdown. AJ Brown for 64 yards. Um, AJ Brown actually led the team in targets with eight. And uh, I thought it was a great, a great game for the passing offense. Considering, like I said, I still don't think that's necessarily a well-designed pass game. But with Tannehill back there, just willing to fire it into tight windows, play, plays are going to happen downfield. So where do we go from here? Where do we go from here? I want to take a minute to talk about John Robinson. Jeffrey Simmons looks like a stud first-round pick in just one game coming off a torn ACL in which you typically would expect rust or the full athleticism to not be there or whatever else. Typically coming off a torn ACL, players take time to get back to full strength. So if this is Jeffrey Simmons not really full strength, then I think that there's no question, no questioning J-Rob's first-round draft pick of this season. A.J. Brown in the second round is looking great. Um, Nate Davis got hurt today, and he's he's struggled up and down as a rookie so far, so it's hard to judge him. But even David Long was back there making a tackle for loss today in limited reps. Amani Hooker, I noticed, was playing on the field a lot in this game. The Titans' defense, again, allows only 20 points, so that makes it uh, seven straight games that they've allowed 20 points or less um, this season. So overall, I think that you kind of have to let John Robinson off the hook a little bit. I think he's shown that his roster construction abilities are near tops in the league, considering where this team was two, three years ago. The question marks about this team still revolve around the coaching staff more than the general manager, more than the roster construction to me. Mike Vrabel. I mean, I don't think this was a bad game for Mike Vrabel. If you're looking for things to nitpick or to be upset about when it comes to Vrabel or to be concerned about when it comes to the coaching, then I can see you pointing out the non-challenge, the the one challenge that probably shouldn't have been challenged, the use of a timeout with like less than a minute to go in the game when the Chargers were in field goal range, which I guess was to, if the Chargers kicked a field goal there, then the Titans would have time to go try to get a field goal of their own. But it just seems like there are some questionable decisions um, I, let's play. Let's play a rating game. One to five. Your confidence in Mike Vrabel's ability to lead this team to a Super Bowl within the next three years. Go. Uh, one being the lowest, I guess. Yeah. Yeah, okay, one. One? You think it's one. impossible for this Vrabel-led team to win the Super Bowl? I really think so. Like with the uh, calls that he's been making, no. I. I disagree. I would probably say like three, but I would say with Art Smith back there, my confidence level is a one. Like, I don't think Arthur Smith is, unfortunately, I don't think he's going to be the savior offensive coordinator, offensive genius, unlock the offense, get the most out of them that we're going to see. I mean, Deion Lewis in this game, he only had two touches. So at least things are trending in the right direction. But his two touches were a two-yard carry, and a screen pass that he dropped that if he had caught would have been like a four-yard loss or possibly worse. So Deion Lewis is still predictable. Um, usage of Deion Lewis is still predictable. Derrick Henry, 22 carries for 90 yards and a touchdown in this game. I thought Henry looked really good. Um, despite not having a whole lot of room to run, he did find some, some holes uh, in the second half, but I thought a lot of it was him running through initial contact, running through the arm tackle at the initial point of attack, and then getting through and busting into the second level. And a lot more Henry working than it was the O-line really blocking outside of probably the only play this doesn't apply to is his 11-yard touchdown run, which was pretty much untouched into the end zone. Um, so to me, the run game, still not really there. The pass game, we saw that play. Uh, Ryan Tannehill rolled out of the pocket and threw to Anthony Perkser. 
and Jonu Smith was about two yards in front of Ferkser and like jumped for the ball and stuck his hand out thinking the pass was for him. Ryan Tannehill spoke a little bit about this in the press conference saying that Ferkser got bumped in his initial stem and that's what delayed his route progress and that's why those two guys were so close together. But like a bump on your stem shouldn't cause so much delay in your route that these, I mean, these two guys were right next to each other. Imagine if Johnny Smith had tipped that play. The Titans might have tipped that ball. The Titans might have lost the game, you know? So there's still a lot of question marks here. And, and I think that's what I come out of this game feeling is like some sort of relief that Ryan Tannehill looks like he can maybe be the bridge guy for the, for a rookie quarterback, but a lot of apprehension going forward I think the Titans can beat the Bucks based on what we saw today, but can they hang with the Colts and the Texans and actually compete for a playoff spot? That that seems like a long shot to me. Yeah. I don't know, man. Like I'm I'm so really emotional right now. Like I don't want to be too knee jerk. Um, especially one, being angry at variable, two, being too hopeful on Tannehill because this could immediately turn around and Tannehill could have an awful game where he throws three picks and for eighty seven yards. So I'm just trying to stay calm, wait, and I'm looking to next week. Next week we got Tampa Bay, right? Yep. All right, so let's we're gonna look at that and just hope, man. I mean, we still have hope. We're three and four, and three and four is a lot better than two and five. So, well, depending on your perspective, if the Titans are still trying to make the playoffs, then yes, of course, three and four is better. And I yeah. think that they obviously, in the building internally, they are obviously still trying to make the playoffs. I don't know if that's really possible. I mean, I'm going to root for them and hope that Tannehill can take us to 12-4, and four, uh, which would mean winning the rest of the games in the, on the schedule. But I think what your approach, taking it slow, taking it easy, is a really wise one here. Yes, Tannehill played well today, but this is also the worst defense the Titans have faced this entire season, according to Football Outsiders DVOA statistic, even worse than the Atlanta Falcons defense. So you kind of hope that the offense can do well. And the fact that they still only put up 23 points, like I mentioned earlier, not necessarily super encouraging. The Bucks defense is, is bad though. So, I mean, I actually expect it to continue. I expect, I would expect the Titans to win next week based on today's game. Um, but there's still a lot of tough games on the schedule, including after the Bucks, they get the Panthers, they get the Chiefs, they have to play the Jags again, they get the Colts. We got two matchups with the Texans still and the Saints on the on the schedule. With Drew Brees should be back by Week 16, so I don't know. It's a tough slate, and uh, Ryan Tannehill could, like you said, easily turn things around and be inconsistent because Ryan Tannehill has had a pretty similar career to Mariota: a lot of ups and a lot of downs. Today was definitely an up for him. It was an up for the Titans, but we've seen this countless times where the Titans come off of a good game to have just a uh, questionable where'd they go no effort what happened appearance disappearance the next week so it's it's we're just gonna have to take it one game at a time and I think what we saw today was a win but not the most encouraging win so it's it's a weird place to be right now analyzing this team I think what we saw today was kind of what we expected the offense took a step forward but it still has a lot of problems that haven't been solved that have a lot that go a lot deeper than the quarterback. And we're just going to have to see if this team can put it together and solve them. And if they don't, then a lot of changes are coming this offseason, right? Yep. And um, 
I, I think at the end of the day, Tannehill is going to be that bridge quarterback, like you mentioned. Um, and even if we go, let's say nine and seven or ten and six, like I'm still holding out, but I'm not going to say we're going to do that. Um, if you think there's a guy in the draft that you want, just trade up for him. I mean, if that's your guy, go get him. Right. The Texans did it um, when they got Deshaun Watson. The Chiefs traded up from the twenties to get Mahomes. Exactly. It didn't really. It, it didn't have any impact negatively on their teams going forward, even giving up first round draft picks for those players and stuff. So I'm with you. If there's a guy you like, go get him. And if there's not a guy you like, then don't waste the capital to go get him. And if you think it's going to be too competitive this year, because the 2020 draft class is, is highly coveted by lots of teams and you're looking ahead to 2021 and you want to roll with Ryan Tannehill for a year. It's not the worst idea. I mean, it's not the worst option. I could probably get behind that actually. Give Arthur Smith one more year with Tannehill as a starter. See what Arthur Smith can develop himself into. See what he can turn this offense into in 2020. And then if everything is still terrible at the end of the 2020 season, blow up the offensive side of the ball, draft your rookie QB in 2021. It's just not an exciting, it's not an exciting route because it feels like sort of semi-purgatory to just go through another season where you're hoping that what you have is good enough instead of like knowing what you have could be good. You know what I mean? But I don't know. It's not the worst option. There, there's there's other fan bases that will be having worse seasons if that's the case. <laughs> yep. All right. Well, with that, we will take it out and we'll look at the All-22 this week and come up with some more in-depth analysis. Take a look at Jeffrey Simmons' performance. Take a look at how the offensive line did with two starters out. Honestly, they weren't that bad. And, uh, Look at how Ryan Tannehill did with the All-22, with the benefit of All-22, and see what we might be able to do going forward. We'll be back again. Yep, and we'll be reviewing a Titans win, so tune in. Woo! Titans win! Let's go out with a cheer. Uh, For the boys on three. One, two, three. (laughs) That's what I'm talking about. Yeah, for the boys. All right, be sure to... Subscribe to the podcast wherever you listen to podcasts. Just search Music City Miracles. Also, follow James on Twitter at South Texas Titan and follow me at Titans Film Room. We'll be back soon talking Titans on the Titans Film Radio podcast. That's what we are, that's what we do here, and that's what we're going to keep doing. So, come back next time. That's all. Yeah. I'm going to stop talking.